Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go Away U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. Blake, Iowa Gopher. Always a pleasure to be here, especially on Hate Week. And you street. Hey y'all. Alright, as uh, Blake mentioned, it is Hate Week, the Border Battle Week. The week that we have to put up with those cheese-loving denizens of the state to our east. Uh, Actually, most of whom live in the Twin Cities because actual jobs are found in actual metropolitan areas. But more importantly right now, uh, it's the first ever game day coming to Minnesota. I know some people don't care about it. I don't personally care about it from an experience perspective. I'm not going to go to it for other than to just, you know, see the spectacle from afar, but it's still a big deal. Um, So I'm interested in kind of getting a sense of what does it mean to each of you? And uh, Blake, do you want to start us off? What, how do you feel about game day coming to to Minnesota? Well, uh, you know, I kind of understand people that are indifferent towards it. I mean, as someone who grew up watching, you know, college game day, I'll definitely admit that it's not what it used to be. I mean, just kind of look at Lee Corso and the health problems he's had over the past couple of years, um, he's clearly just not the same Lee Carso he's always been. Um, he's probably closing in on retirement. But I do think, um, especially from a PR standpoint, it's good for the program. I mean, uh, and Fleck, in his uh, press conference earlier today um, for Wisconsin, mentioned to, you know, they only go to, you know, 14 campuses throughout the year. Um, and to be one of 14 campuses that, th- that they visit is a pretty – um, big honor for that program, I mean, and he knows something about this. This is his second um, program to have College Game Day visited, uh, visit their campus because when he was at Western Michigan um, during their undefeated season, College Game Day um, went there. And actually, I do remember that. Um, it was before, you know, we knew Tracy Clays was going to be fired. P.J. Flack would be the next head coach. I was watching Game Day when they're at Western Michigan, and um, it's just kind of a cool honor. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's a validation thing. I just think it's, you know, all eyes on the, on the nation are – turn towards Minnesota for a few hours on Saturday morning and um, gets fans excited. Certainly I know that the gates um, Saturday opening at like something like 5 a.m. And I'm sure there'll be tons of of students there, even on a holiday weekend, um, ready to pack that area at uh, Northrop Mall. So for me, it's just, it's just more of a status thing. It's just saying it's just really cool. And there's certainly some nostalgia at play, Um, but uh, I'm excited. I'm glad they're coming to campus. And I think it's one last thing that we can talk about, you know, the fact that there's, you know, 10 campuses, uh, 10 Power 5 campuses they haven't been to, and Minnesota's been one of them. So it's just one one last thing to um, kind of have going against Minnesota. Street, how about you? What's your, what's your feeling coming into game day week? The reason why game day is here is because for the last game of the regular season, Minnesota has a chance, and uh, will, by the way, I'll preview my prediction, to win the Big Ten West. That's the reason why game day is important and is exciting. I suppose the television show is there too, but fundamentally what it indicates is this is the most important game of the week, and that includes the Iron Bowl, which will tell you a lot about where the program is going and where it will continue to go in the future. That was extremely succinct, and I feel like, we could just record, take that recording and give it to the U, and they could use it to sell everything. Nice work. Andy, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're both going to be pretty drunk when we wander up to see the spectacle from afar. Uh, what, are your, what, are you, what are your feelings going to be when we come upon the sea of humanity in front of Corso? I don't know about you, but I plan on being perfectly responsible Saturday morning. Uh, Bullshit, you're going to be drunk. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I, I think I think just to see the spectacle. I mean, I think that's that's just going to be what's cool to see. You know, people packed in there and and see the the stage set up on Kaufman Mall and and to be able to you know uh, just see something that's familiar to any college football fan and realize that it's happening. You know, basically right in front of you. I think that's that's the cool part. You know, obviously we're not the type of demographic that's going to be lining up at four in the morning to, to get in the pit and get our signs on TV and things like that. But um, it, it's, it's just going to be kind of a cool experience to even, you know, even watching from afar to be able to, to check it out and see and, and see what it's like. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that's kind of cool to check off the list. As, as, as Blake said, you know, we can cross our name off the list of, of schools that have never had it. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, nobody really cares, but you've got our neighbors to the west who are, you know, bragging about the fact that, oh, they've had game day and Minnesota hasn't, yada, yada, well, screw them, now we can say we've had it too, and we don't really give two craps what you say, and not that we did before, but, um, you know, it, it's it's just going to be one of those things that, as, as Street said, you know, it shows that our program has, has really come into its own, and, and the fact that they're here for Minnesota, they're not here for an opponent, you know. Uh, the fact that Indiana hosted it to start the year. I mean, obviously the year Indiana's had, I don't think anybody saw it coming, but obviously they were there for Ohio State. They weren't there for Indiana. They're here for Minnesota. Um, you know, so that's that's a kind of cool thing to, to think about, and, and hopefully it'll just be one epic experience on a, on a full day of what will be a, a crazy epic experience. Well, the, for anyone who isn't already aware, full day, I think, is a understatement. Uh, the tailgate lots and uh, the ramps are opening at 6 a.m. The U moved up the time of opening so that anyone who wanted to attend game day has that ability. Uh, so if you're like us, that means you're going to be in the lot w- setting things up by, uh, by headlamp at 6 a.m., in what is probably going to be somewhere between 12 and 15 inches of snow and what will hopefully be more snow falling. Uh, it rain. It could rain. I would prefer it not rain. Uh, but that might be our thing. We might get to, to enjoy a bunch of rain. Does anybody really think there's a benefit or a hindrance to the weather? Uh, I mean, Andy, I know you've mostly been concerned about it from we have to drink for hours in the rain kind of situation but what does it mean to you if if it's a rain game snow game bad weather game for minnesota versus uh what we know to be a wisconsin team that's just going to run the ball for the most part yeah at least in my opinion i think the the biggest question there, there's a twofold answer to this the biggest question is how does it affect the gopher passing game because i think minnesota is not going to outrush wisconsin to win this game they're going to have to have an effective passing game um, and so if it's windy and rainy and snowy and Minnesota can't effectively move the ball downfield through the air, I think that will have a, a, a decent effect on it. And the other thing will be ball security. Um, the Gophers have been fairly good ball security-wise, except for a few you know, strip sacks of, of Tanner Morgan, but you haven't seen the running backs except for that, that uh, Shannon Morgan fumble or against uh, Penn State. Or Shannon Brooks, not Shannon Morgan, excuse me. Uh, you know, Minnesota's running backs have been fairly good ball security wise. So, um, Jonathan Taylor has been a bit of uh, a bit of a fumble risk lately for Wisconsin. Wisconsin had the the most turnovers they've had all year last week against Purdue. So, I think you know ball security and turnovers will really be uh, a key aspect to see how the weather affects that. But the hope would be that maybe um, 
you know, the passing game might still be okay uh, because it would affect the secondaries more than it would the, the receivers, but it's, I think it's up in the air, and, um, you know, I just I don't think Minnesota can get into a place where it's going to be our get, ground game versus their ground game and, and plan on winning a game that way. Street, I know you've been pretty nonchalant in general about the impact of weather on this game. Do you agree with what Andy's saying, or do you have a different take? In a world in which throwing the ball is difficult, you know what Wisconsin's going to do. It means you can put nine or ten people in the box. Jack Cohn can't throw. I don't think that that is something that's going to be a big negative to Minnesota. The short version is if Minnesota cannot stop the run uh, in a good day or a bad day, they will have trouble beating Wisconsin. If they can stop the run, then they will easily beat Wisconsin. This is a truism that has been uh, the case for any Wisconsin team since I've been born, more or less. But on top of this is Jack Cohn has difficulty throwing the ball. Not that he's not accurate, but if you look at in losses, his percentage is down, but also they don't have him throw very often. So making the team fully one-dimensional is how Wisconsin has lost uh, both of its games so far this season, how it's going to lose its third game of the season this weekend. The weather on the other side, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Wisconsin is down a few starters in the secondary. Yeah, they'll be missing um, safety Colin Wilder for the first half because he's ejected due to targeting um, against uh, Purdue. And then I believe they're missing a cornerback, Fayon Hicks, who I think suffered a head injury and is questionable for the game. I will take our very much NFL-ready wide receivers with absolutely no character issues whatsoever. Thank you, random Twitter trolls, uh, over a uh, banged-up Wisconsin secondary any day of the week. Uh, Blake, do we survive, Andy and I, if we spend an entire morning drinking in the rain? Or are we, are we found dead in, in, a, in a frozen snowbank? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think you could, because you'll be within close proximity to the stadium. Keep I, it light. <laughs> I said, trust in your abilities to get your way to the stadium, um, even if you're heavily inebriated. Um, and I mean, you survived the Wisconsin game last year, heavily inebriated as well, so... Um, I like your chances, you know, by the end of the game, emotionally. I don't know what kind of state you're going to be in, but uh, I will think you'll get to the game. Ecstasy. We will be in ecstasy. That's that's the prediction. No arguments? Good. That's right. We all think we're going to win. All right, so we've gotten a, a little bit of a preview. Their secondary is banged up and uh, slightly penalized right now. What else should we be looking for from the Badger defense, Blake? Um, I mean, they really have struggled um, in the secondary, even with those two guys in the lineup. I mean, Hicks was just injured against Purdue, and Wilder obviously was just ejected against Purdue. Um, they've been carved up, especially in the month of November. They faced you know, Purdue, Nebraska, Iowa. Um, David Bell for Purdue, I think, racked up 12 receptions, 108 yards. Um, J.D. Spielman for Nebraska had like four receptions, 70 yards. And then even for Iowa, their freshman wide receiver Tyron Tracy had something like five receptions, 130 yards. So um, wide receivers that I would not put in the same league as Rashad Bateman and uh, Tyler Johnson have just been making mincemeat out of this Wisconsin secondary that's been actually relatively good prior, prior to this month um, in defending the pass. So um, and I mean, when you look at Minnesota's offense, what they've done to secondaries this year, there's really been no one that's been able to stop them. Um, and I just don't see that changing much against the secondary, especially with the kind of games they've had this month. Um, 
the big question will be if they can get pressure on Tanner Morgan because um, we know they do operate out of a 3-4, so a lot of their pressure on quarterbacks um, is blitzing linebackers, and they're obviously their leading sack totals are Chris Orr and Zach Bond, two of the linebackers. Orr has 11 sacks, Bond has nine nine and a half sacks. Um, so the Minnesota offensive line will, will need to be strong up front, communicate, um, identify those blitzes, because I know um, Jim Leonard, the Wisconsin defensive coordinator, is going to get creative and try to put as much pressure on uh, Tanner Morgan as possible. But that, that's to me, that's what I'll be watching is to see how the Minnesota offensive line does against um, Wisconsin's defensive front because I think keeping Tanner Morgan clean um, and making sure he has time to find Babin and Johnson will ultimately be the key to the game. P.J. Flex seems to be living rent-free in Chris Orr's head this week, so I feel, feel pretty good about that. Um, offensively, besides uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, and Jack Cohen being – Probably one of those annoyingly effective at times Wisconsin quarterbacks who's not actually good. What do we need to watch for uh, coming from the uh, Wisconsin offense? I mean, the thing about the Badgers is, like, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball. Uh, The majority of the time, that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. Um, But when you run that kind of offense, people know exactly what you're going to do. It depends a lot on elite blocking and misdirection. And where the misdirection comes in is they'll run a lot of wildcat, um, specifically with running back Garrett Groshek or wide receiver Aaron Cruikshank. Um, They used it very effectively against Purdue last week in almost an absurd amount. Um, I think they just just recognized that the Purdue defense, which is admittedly terrible, um, just was not able to stop them. Um, And they ran rough shot over them. Um, But that's one thing that, you know – the Gophers will need to keep an eye on is that wildcat formation because um, yeah, Taylor's not their only weapon in the in the running game. I, I also do think they have a somewhat underrated receiving core. They've got you know Quintus Sevis is their leading uh, wide receiver with you know forty receptions, six hundred receiving yards, five touchdowns. They do have some other reliable hands to to utilize. You know AJ Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis um, the third, or their tight end in the passing game, Jacob Ferguson. Um, the real thing is that in street kind of mentioned towards this was uh, Cone just they really haven't asked him to be a difference maker in the game. His game plans have just been pretty simple, fairly straightforward. You know, play action. You know, just keeping the defense honest. Um, in any game this season, he really hasn't had to put the team on his back. Um, so I really think that Minnesota's best chance at winning. Um, is to kind of lock in on Taylor, shut down that rushing game, and just see what Jack Cohn can do under pressure um, when he has to carry the load on offense, just because that would be unfamiliar territory for him. I think, you know, and Taylor's going to get his yards. You know, he's only been held underneath 100 yards, I think, in two games this season. Um, so just, just think it's just about limiting chunk plays and, you know, getting them behind the sticks on first and second down and forcing Jack Cohn to beat you on third down um, and seeing what happens there. Do we think that Joe Rossi will run a game plan that dares Jack Cohn to beat us? I mean, obviously they'll stack the box, but it seems like the hallmark of this team this season has been avoiding situations where one missed tackle on the outside in man coverage sets up a touchdown. That's generally been how they seem to have approached things. Do we think given the fact that they need to sell out on the run, that will change that? Or do you think we'll see how, you know, uh, Taylor does before we before we make a change? 
I honestly, I just think the biggest thing is that you're going to see Rossi be very aggressive. Um, one of the things that hampered them against Iowa was they came out, you know, very soft, a lot of base defense. They just weren't very aggressive those first three drives, and that's how they dug that hole. And then you saw that they kind of made a point against Northwestern of starting hot and getting after the quarterback um, at Ryan Field, and it worked perfectly. The, the first four drives, I think they had one first down, and I think three of the drives ended with negative yards. So I just think for them, I think it'll be about setting the tone, um, getting the, stopping the running game early, making sure that they got third and longs, and getting after Cone when they are in obvious passing downs. So I just really think this is the type of game where you just can't rest on your laurels. And a lot of the times we've seen the defense struggles and their base defense when they've kind of pulled back a little bit. Um, so and I mean, being aggressive, it can come back to bite you. Um, but I think as long as they're, you know, making their tackles and getting home when they're bringing pressure, um, it that should be the plan that works out for them. Street, do you see any benefit in aggressiveness uh, in bad weather? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest reason to be aggressive to the extent that you're being aggressive is making sure that Taylor can't break contain. The players who I think are going to have to have a really important game are going to be whoever is setting the edge for Minnesota, be that a linebacker, Kamal Martin, sometimes Thomas Barber, occasionally it's Antoine Winfield, a defensive end, Winston DeLevedere, uh, Big O, Jamal Teague, potentially if he slots over there, certainly Carter Coughlin, because that keeping Taylor in one spot and then swarming to tackle the ball is the only way that you're going to beat him. Taylor's going to be making money on Sundays. He's a very good running back. And I would be lying if I didn't say that if that Wisconsin had a good offensive line, they most certainly do. What they don't have is some incredible deep playmaking ability from their wide receivers. Outside of Quintez Cephas, there's realistically no one there if you can force wisconsin to throw the ball that is not something they are particularly comfortable in doing in the same way to be clear if you can take minnesota out of the rpo game it's something that minnesota is not as comfortable with so if we're going to win this game what is fundamentally going to have to happen is to be aggressive to get cone uncomfortable to get people in the backfield to have taylor being hit in the backfield and wrapped up in the backfield because he's quite good at breaking through tackles and as mentioned earlier preventing those chunk plays all of those things are super important but the nice thing about wisconsin in some sense from a defensive perspective is like they're gonna run pretty much the same thing all the time, you know what it's going to look like, and it's a question of whether or not you out-execute. I do think the one thing Minnesota is going to have to watch for in the passing game, though, is Wisconsin, at least a little bit more recently, has gotten their tight ends involved. And we saw a few times, Minnesota did a relatively decent job against Penn State in, in shutting down uh, Penn State's big tight end. Um, but, you know, there are times, especially if Minnesota's trying to be a little aggressive and either bringing linebackers off the edge or things like that, where if Minnesota can't get home, those could be spots where Wisconsin could take advantage of mismatches, things like that. So it's going to be key. If Minnesota's bringing a linebacker, they're going to have to get there and get that pressure. If the Wisconsin line can can keep Cone clean, uh, that's where I think Minnesota will be a little bit vulnerable to, to finding the, the mismatch over the middle and things like that. But um, I, I do have faith in Joe Rossi to get things figured out, but I, I don't think it is quite as completely straightforward is just shut down Taylor. All right, so this is clearly the biggest, I mean, biggest Minnesota-Wisconsin game in well past our lifetimes. 
uh, you know, possibly the biggest Wisconsin-Minnesota game ever based on what it sets up potentially uh, for the Gophers. This is something that, you know, you, you really want to see. You've had a great season. This is a game that deserves hype, that deserves conflict, that deserves this kind of a billing. And it's the kind of billing that this game hasn't had, I don't know, frankly, for as long as I've been alive. I mean, it really hasn't. Like the, I mean, at no point have both teams been this good at this time of the year. And that's just that's just a simple fact. So what when with that being so exciting, what has you most excited going into this week? Street, I'll start with you. Minnesota is the better team with a better offense and should win this football game. <laughs> I just had to laugh. He just he, Street's always just made a few words. I appreciate that. Um, I just think like the, it's just so surreal that you know. Minnesota's ranked in the top 10 for the first time in my lifetime. You know, they're 10 and 1. 10, when they have 10 regular season wins for the first time since 1905, it's just like, it's so hard to wrap our minds around that. I just, I don't think any one of us is capable of fully appreciating that in the moment. Um, and just seeing them on the stage um, and having the Wisconsin rivalry be rivalry, an actual rivalry again, as opposed to, you know, like a 14 year losing streak um, and seeing so much at stake. Um, and it's, it's just been interesting, too, to see that the difference between this game and when Minnesota Wisconsin were playing for the Big Ten West in 2014 and the stakes just seem so much higher in this game um, and I think there's a lot more confidence in Minnesota I mean the and the game is sold out you know we got college game day coming um, it just feels like that perfect storm and I really hope that they can write their storybook ending Andy how about you what do you what do you love in coming into this week yeah you know I mean this depends on how you want to argue it this is at bare minimum, the biggest Wisconsin-Minnesota game since the 1962 game, where I think Minnesota was ranked number three in the country, Wisconsin was number five, or vice versa. I can't remember which one was which. And Wisconsin won that game um, and went on to the Rose Bowl that year. Um, you know, this game against a rival, I mean, it, and, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this going forward, and we're not going to poo-poo anything Minnesota has done this season. This has been an epic football season of, of historic proportion. But this game literally will determine whether this season goes down in historic lore as something that everybody will remember forever as long as they're alive, or whether this season goes down as a, yeah, it was an awesome season, but we ended up playing Texas A&M in the Outback Bowl. Um, you know... We, we did we did a lot of historic things, but it ended basically the same way as 2014, 2015 did. So basically, it's the difference between what usually happens to Iowa and a really amazing season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this, if Minnesota can win on Saturday, and I think we all think they will, and we all really are hoping they will, I mean, you're, you're looking at a trip, the first ever trip to Indy. You're looking at a probably better than 80 to 90 percent chance that they're ending up in Pasadena I mean th this this goes from holy crap to holy bleep and bleepers of a season I mean it, it <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep our y'all know Chris said bullshit like five minutes into this podcast right yeah I broke I broke the clean rating real early well all right it 
still, I mean, that that is what, you know, we, we can think about it all we want, but that is literally what Saturday means to this program, to these fans, to everything, is it's the difference between a season that you literally will be telling your grandkids about or another season that you'll look back on 10 years from now and go, yep, that was great, awesome season, holy crap, we set records, wow, that was amazing. But, you know, it ended the same way that the best gopher football seasons have ended in the last 20 years. This can be the year that isn't like that. And so, you know, I think I think that's what Saturday means is, you know, we've had we've had games where things have been on the line, but this is literally everything on the line coming into Saturday. Which I mean, again, that's that's a really cool spot to be. I'm I am very excited that this is what we're talking about in a Wisconsin week cuz I know for a lot of people and Blake, I know I know this is true for you. Iowa is is uh, very much the team that is the primary between these two rivals in terms of if you had to rank one. But for me, it's it's always been Wisconsin, and it will always be Wisconsin. And playing Wisconsin in this kind of a setting is just really awesome. And I am really excited for a win because I think that's what's going to happen. Spoiler alert. All right, we're going to come back for predictions, come back to football for predictions. Before we do, we have to talk hockey, which means actually getting to talk about Wisconsin some more since they played well this past weekend. Uh, But before we get to that, a word from our sponsors. Andy, uh, Gophers this past weekend uh, did did much better. Uh, Win on Friday night, tie on Saturday. Did we win the shootout? I, I forget. We did not. I was going to say, it doesn't seem to take away. Like, this is the best weekend they seem to have had all no, year. No, they, they ended up, well, technically Michigan was better because we won five points in that weekend. But, um, you know, four points over Wisconsin is 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 good. At home, you really needed to do that. Um, yes, Friday night they played really well. Uh, Jack LaFontaine in goal uh, played both games this weekend, and he was fantastic. Um, you know, Wisconsin has some of, the, some of the best scoring young players in the country. They've got, I think, two or three uh, freshmen playing on their top line who are first-round NFL draft picks, uh, Cole Caulfield being the most notable one. Uh, he didn't score a goal this weekend. In fact, I think he might have only had one point, if that. So Minnesota did an incredible job of shutting him down because he was the nation's leading scorer coming into the weekend. Um, but no, Minnesota, Minnesota, they put the puck in the net. They played good defense. Um you know, they got a big win Friday night. Saturday, they jumped out to a 3-1 lead, and it looked like we were going to get the sweep in the battle hymn. Uh, but they gave up two quick goals in the third period to Wisconsin claw back 3-3. Um, and then they sort of hung on for dear life, to be perfectly honest. The Badgers pretty much dominated overtime. Um, and then it went to the 3-on-3, which if you're if you're new to Big Ten hockey this year now, after a, after a 5-on-5, five-minute overtime, basically it's a tie for NCAA pairwise purposes. But then you play 3-on-3 three three for five minutes for the extra conference point. Uh, the Gophers had been 2-0 and in the 3-on-3 three three, uh, coming into this game. Um, and neither team scored, but that is a credit to both goaltenders. Jack Berry got the start Saturday for Wisconsin. LaFontaine came back Saturday for Minnesota. And they made both made some just insane, ridiculous saves in the 3-on-3. Three three. Both teams had 
crazy chances and the goaltenders stood on their heads. Um, and then the shootout went three rounds and finally Wisconsin scored to get the extra point. But um, it was a great game and the Gophers played really well. And if they can take how they played, especially Friday, but take how they played for the first period or two Saturday um, into this weekend against North Dakota, uh, that would be really, really good because uh, the Fighting Hawks come in and uh, unfortunately uh, they are good. So before we get to, to UND, you know, Michigan going on the road, taking five points, that was certainly a, a bright spot. But then to get absolutely demolished by Penn State, what do you take from the Wisconsin game? Are, think, are the Gophers pulling it together finally, or are they just more signs of a team that has the ability to be strong but is still uneven? What, what do we take from that? Yeah, I think they played a lot better defensively against Wisconsin. Obviously, Penn State is is one of the most offensively powered teams in the country. Uh, Wisconsin, at least their top line or two, had been as well, and Minnesota effectively shut them down pretty well. So uh, whatever the game plan is to, to get the defense to play better, that definitely happened. Um, they'll have to play well again this weekend as North Dakota can easily score like anybody else um but you know I think the goal scoring has always been there um it's just you know Penn State they got just absolutely demolished giving up really easy goals in the middle I mean Jack LaFontaine to to compare he gave up you know four goals this weekend he gave up eight in one game against Penn State and to be brutally honest at least five or six of them there was nothing he could do his defense left him hung out to dry incredibly poorly in that game um they definitely played a lot better this game and and LaFontaine made some huge saves as well so I think uh Minnesota is going to need to get consistent goaltender play which for the most part they have um but they're really going to need their their defenders and their four checkers to step up and and try and and shut down some easy shots I think one thing Penn State got is they were getting easy easy shots right in front of the goaltender right in the slot getting no defensive pressure whatsoever uh minnesota did a good job of of pushing the wisconsin shots to the side last weekend and uh, for them to continue to try and figure things out here they're gonna have to continue to do that going forward so playing und as long as we're recording blue i need to make very clear fuck north dakota uh what do you have as an expectation coming into this weekend yeah, you know, I mean, North Dakota comes in at 10-1-2 and two on the year, whereas the Gophers are 5-6-3. and three. Um, You know, North, North Dakota is a good team this year. They, they seem to have all things working for them. Uh, I, I can't honestly say I've, I've taken too much of a deep dive into their stats, but, I mean, their record stands on itself. Uh, they've been a very good home team. Obviously, this is, I think, North Dakota's first really true road test. I don't, they probably have played one road game in the NCHC, but I'm guessing it wasn't um, it wasn't in Duluth or something like that where they've actually had to play a quality opponent. So uh, this will be North Dakota's probably first true road test of the year. Um, so that will help. The question will be is what's the crowd like at Mariucci? Obviously, even for Wisconsin, the Saturday night crowd was better, but the Friday night crowd was pretty poor. Um, and with the first game being Thanksgiving night, I'm not expecting a, a huge crowd uh, for that game either, unfortunately. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how many North Dakota fans there are in the building this weekend. I think obviously there'll be more Friday than there will be Thursday. Um, so how much of the the home ice advantage is, is muted a bit by that, but um, I think Minnesota would be thrilled with the split. Um, you know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you whether whether a sweep is realistic or not. I'd say probably not, just because Minnesota hasn't put 
two really good games back together and against a tough opponent like that, I think it'll be tough. They're going to have to probably play two of their best games of the year to, to get a sweep for us to hear a battle hill on Friday night. But uh, I think if Minnesota can walk away with a, a split this weekend, they've, they've got to be fairly confident as they uh, play you know, one last Big Ten series uh, at Ohio State next weekend before the uh, before the holiday break. All right, I will be with Andy in uh, in Mariucci on Friday. So fingers crossed for a battle. Him uh, predictions. It's time. I think we all know we're predicting Minnesota to win, but I'll, I'll make it official. Blake, what's your prediction for Saturday? Twenty-seven twenty Minnesota. Any specific thing you think is going to happen? No, I'm trying to borrow a page out of Street's playbook and just be more straight to the point. <laughs> Street, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Minnesota wins 31-21. to I will note that I've been saying that Minnesota is a better team than Wisconsin for a while. I see no reason to change this. It's helpful that it is a home. Certainly the weather may affect that score to some degree, which is the reason why I don't have them scoring 35 points, which Minnesota has done more or less against every team they've played this year. With that said, if I'm going to give two specific matchups, as Blake mentioned earlier, it's going to really mean a lot for Minnesota's linebackers to play well in this game, especially against Jonathan Taylor. So that's on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, look in particular for the right side of the line. If Curtis Dunlop and Daniel Falalele are being able to truck fools and really work well in that outside zone to give the running back lanes, uh, the RPO game will be fantastic and Minnesota should cruise if they are having difficulty i still believe that minnesota will win but this will be a more challenging game andy what are your thoughts yeah you know i i think i think the weather is the major wild card going into this and and as i said before i'm i'm honestly not sure who will help or hinder more um so you just got to go with the flow and i'm picking the gophers to win 34 28 i think home field is a huge key going into this weekend i think you know minnesota really feeds off of uh and they did especially against penn state they really fed off of the crowd that was the most electric atmosphere tcf had been since probably the opening season by far um i'm fully expecting this saturday to be just as electric if not even better although there'll be a few more uh, Badger fans and there were Penn State fans in, in TCF, but uh, I, I think the team will feed off of the crowd. I think it will be just an absolutely electric atmosphere and I think one way or another they find a way to get it done and uh, we'll be talking next week about how much our uh, travel plans to Indianapolis are going to be driving us crazy. I am going to go twenty four twenty one. I on a dry field with absolutely nothing going on, I think I'd pick a, a slightly larger victory for Minnesota. But I'll assume some weirdness just because of weather. I personally am wishing for a snow game. I'd like to see the cold front move slightly farther down and turn that rain to snow. If we're going to have precipitation, let's make it the white kind uh, because snow games are amazing. And I'm sorry, there's no argument. Snow games are amazing. Uh, so that's my prediction a little bit closer than the other uh, predictions out there, but who cares if it's a win? That's all that matters. Uh, because it's a holiday week, keep an eye out. Uh, preview is going to drop on Wednesday. So if you're looking for the Blake's preview of the Badgers, look for that on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have plenty of content, including on the holiday, uh, coming your way, but just look at look for that change um, with, with the break. Uh, in the meantime, go Gophers.
Skyuma, row the boat. Go, go for throw the boat.